1: Hey guys, just a heads up that this episode contains mentions of sexual abuse, so be aware of that when you listen. Welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. And Sarah, we're finally partners again because
2: it's been a minute. I know. I
1: feel like I haven't seen you
2: in a while. In so long between sickness and traveling and all of the above we've been all about did you have a good vacation though
1: very true yes i did it (sighs) was so nice it was the kind of vacation where i was like wow i literally posted like one instagram story and that was it like i feel like i was they were like my screen time came in it was like your phone time was down 60 percent. that's the key to happiness (laughs) It is. it is so i feel like the lesson is to just like don't have a phone plan and only connect to Wi-Fi. You'll never be able to use your phone, oh, and that's... like your screen time will go down. Your mental health will go up. Oh, okay. We
2: love that combo.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling better too. Yes,
2: I think I'm over the hump I'm now. Just always just feeling stuffy because of allergies versus like RSV or whatever I had. I don't
1: know. Because of being like 30, I wake up every single morning convinced I have a sinus infection. Oh
2: yeah, sinus infection. I'm like and joint pain. I'm like oh those don't correlate. It's just
1: just. Just myself, just my life. Yeah. <laughs> I also had one singular drink last night and was like, "Am I hungover? Oh, it can't be. Rough stuff. Was but it? But maybe it is. Was it
2: liquor or wine? It was.
1: It was like a margarita. Okay, so you never know
2: what's in. Okay, just one. it's probably the sugar hangover too, which I feel almost hits <laughs> yes. worse.
1: It does. It does. Well. There's no real smooth transition out of that. And transitions have never been my strong suit anyway, <laughs> if you've been listening. So who cares? <laughs> but today we are going down under, kind of, but also like around the, world. the world. Halfway around the world,
2: 18s, fully around the world. And it, we, we were <laughs> laughing too. It's back-to-back episodes of Australian theme.
1: Yes. So. I feel like we're we're talking about a true – she's a true international woman of mystery because the mystery is like, why is she doing this stuff?
2: Yeah, why – And also, how, because I'm, it's like, almost, like, impressive how much traveling and scamming went down.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So we're going to talk about Samantha as a party, who is, again, like we said, just a con girl around the world. And shouts out to Genevieve Gannon at Women's Weekly Australia for her very thorough reporting. And also, shouts out to The Age, BBC, that's where we got most of our info, we always put the sources in the notes of the episode. So if you want to read the, the primary document, it's right there for you.
2: I also like to put, we like to put that in there because like, if you have an issue with any fact, email BP like questions, comments, concerns at BBC dot UK. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: yes. So our story <laughs> kind of starts in Dublin in 2013 when a girl was found one chilly fall morning She was just found alone on the street. She was small and had braces, which seemed to have recently been put on. She was not speaking to anyone. Um, Authorities thought she was 13 or 14. They thought she was Eastern European. And the discovery of this girl basically launched an investigation into what authorities suspected was an international sex trafficking ring. The girl communicated via stick figure drawings and said she was brought on a plane to Ireland but otherwise she wasn't speaking. Mm. The Irish police released her photo to help identify her. So Interpol enters the chat. They,
2: they, they, they got their call.
1: Interpol tells the Irish police the girl that they found had multiple aliases, but her real name was Samantha Azapardi and she was 25 years old and from Australia. So she was deported.
2: I guess it makes sense to see
1: if someone has...
2: Braces recently put on—you would think they're a certain age, but that really does yeah. give me like 1960s crime reporting. With us,
1: I just got braces. You too, where it's like <laughs> have adult braces, like you know. That's I know. Yes, it's very like Natalia Grace. Of yeah, them, I feel like
2: that's true. Like it's like the reverse. The like she you're, like, oh, you have braces, so now you're younger than
1: we think. And Natalia, right. you is, have your period. You're
2: forty-five, nineteen years yeah. old. <laughs> like,
1: what are you talking about? Really. But yeah, so that's that's kind of how this story like entered the public consciousness was in 2013, but of course, this is not where this begins. So Samantha as a party and with with any person who is kind of known for deceiving people, I feel like you got to take the origin story with a grain of salt. Oh,
2: yes, a grain it's kind of like your margarita, a grain of salt, yes. some lime. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so she's born in Campbelltown in southwestern Sydney in 1988. And feel free to drag me, Australian listeners, for my pronunciation, because I'm sure I've watched it. Campbelltown. I don't Maybe know. Campbelltown? I don't know. I'm like, how else could you pronounce it? But I'm sure they find a way. I'm like, do they have the soup there?
2: I'm, here well. <laughs> I'm more of an Amy's town because I love Amy's soup. Oh, right
1: nice. I like Progresso.
2: Is okay, that a there we go. I don't know. I don't know.
1: So supposedly she was known for being very smart in school, but also telling tall tales. A sign of intelligence I would further say. Then... <laughs> I also feel like, yeah, it's interesting because that's kind of one of those things where like looking back, you can always say, oh, that's, that's where this person got their start, scamming and lying to people. But I also do feel like we all had someone in our grade who was just that weird pathological liar and they usually grow out of it. They, you,
2: yeah, because usually like they bite off more than they can chew. And then everyone's like, okay, you're not related to royalty.
1: Wait, that was the lie that the girl in my grade told. Mm -hmm. Okay, so everybody just has someone in their grade who pretends to be like a princess.
2: Yeah, but then you realize like, oh, she's a, at least in Jersey and I think also Long Island, oh, you're the princess of a construction company, as profitable as like royal family. So like, I get where you're going with. Like, yeah.
1: So in a 2016 interview, one of Samantha's high school friends said that she once tried to convince people she was Lindsay Lohan and even dyed her hair red. That's amazing.
2: Kind of of like Confessions of a Teenage Trauma Queen. Oh, 100%. Also, who didn't want to be Lindsay Lohan? Like, I don't blame you.
1: Yeah. At that moment in time, everybody. Yeah. Kind of also now. like She's looking great and vibing. Yes. So she would also tell people that her dad was in America and her friends really didn't know much about her family And it wasn't long before she had some kind of run ins with the law. So in 2010, she was fined for using fake documents to try to enroll in high school in Brisbane under the name Dakota Johnson. (laughs) Yes, that Dakota Johnson, Uh, the actress.
2: Wait, I love she is a pop culture girly through and through. Yes. And also, Dakota, she's smart. This is not a sign of intelligence because what in, especially in 2010, a niche actress to pick.
1: Yes, but also why Why not choose just a non-famous person?
2: Well, where's the fun in that? <laughs> then you want to have famous parents because that's Dakota Johnson's vibe, yeah. Okay, you're right. And also Dakota Johnson kind of a liar because remember the whole thing with limes? No. Where she said that in an AD tour, she said she loves limes and having a lot of limes. And in another interview, she was like, I don't know why I said that. I'm allergic to limes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but she did kind of expose Ellen for lying, so I feel like we'll wipe it all clean.
2: You know, there's truth tellers. Yes, she just is truthful.
1: That's so random.
2: It's, that's the thing. It's su- <laughs> such a random lie to talk about. But yeah. I think she was like, I don't know why the limes were there. I don't know what else to talk about. It was kind of like Asher Simpson, so I thought I'd do a hoedown.
1: Oh my god, literally. Ah, that's so <laughs> random. I love it. So the next year, a couple from Perth uh, believed that Samantha was 16 and came close to adopting her before finding out the truth. Because they thought she was a gymnast named Emily. But she wasn't. And in 2012, she was actually able to enroll in a high school in Perth. Which attracted the attention of the Major Fraud Squad. Which, first of all, get Dick Wolf because we need a show. We need a procedural about the Major Fraud Squad.
2: Oh, the MFS? Yeah, please. That would be so... I'd watch the hell out of that.
1: I so would. Also, this is so interesting because this is reminding me of that guy, James Hogue, who like kept enrolling, but he at least was enrolling in high school to try to make it as a college track star. This yeah, girl, we don't it's not even clear why she's doing this.
2: Yeah, he just wanted a taste of that gold medal and yeah. an Ivy League degree. Yeah.
1: Him I I honestly I understood what he was doing. Like I was, yeah. you know you only get one shot at your glory and his kind of got squandered so well, that's true.
2: It's got kind of, yeah, you know, that's off yeah but hard, there's no um even, like, t- saying she was a gymnast. She wasn't doing gymnastics. Like, it wasn't like she was trying to be, like, this major gymnast. She
1: right. She was like, i oh, yeah. yeah, I know. They'd, they'd figure out if you can do gymnastics uh, well pretty quickly, I think. Oh, my God. That reminds me of – uh, there's this girl on
2: Instagram. I forget her name. But she's been popping up on my Explore page so much. And all of her characters are just, like – a therapist who lied on a resume after getting the job. Like she just like oh. puts herself in different situations about uh, being someone who lied on their resume to get a job. So it's like a therapist or like a translator or like a judge. And it's hysterical. That's amazing. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. So 2012, she enrolls in this high school. It gets caught by the major fraud squad. The next year is that Dublin incident. Then September 16th, 2014, she walked into a medical clinic in Calgary, Canada. So she's just literally all over Australia to to Dublin, to Canada. Pond hopping. Yes. She said her her name was Aurora Hepburn and she was a 14-year-old victim of sexual assault and abduction. She told the medical staff she'd been the victim of years of violent sexual abuse and torture. So investigators and like the Child Protective Services got called in immediately, obviously, but then they discovered that Aurora was, in fact, Samantha. So she was charged with public mischief and spent two years in Canadian prison and then was deported to Australia. So that
2: in itself is just a very crazy journey of all that Jumping around, different aliases and stuff like that.
1: I think they said she had like 40, over 40 aliases.
2: Over 40, which I'm like, and also a different story for each alias. So it wasn't just like she would pick a random name. She would pick an entire new life to have with each alias.
1: I don't know how you keep track of that.
2: Very impressive. The notes app.
1: Selling a little or a lot.
0: Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching.
2: She enrolled in Good Shepherd School in Sydney as thirteen-year-old Harper Hart. Good name, great name. Uh, never underestimate the power of alliteration, Paris Keller. Um, <laughs> And she here, she used a birth certificate from San Francisco.
1: I could see because, like, if you're in a whole different country and another side of the world, I feel like that's a smart move because it's like when, <laughs> it's like when I had to check IDs one time at the music venue I worked at, and like any time I got an out-of-state ID, I was like. Sure, sure, whatever. Like it takes forever to find the birth date on there. Oh,
2: and also like, I don't care. Also, I feel like, like Australia probably assumes like an American birth certificate is just like on like half-used printer <laughs> paper post-it. like crumpled up. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> I guess this is what their country does. Yeah,
1: and you would be right. Yeah. Again,
2: she said she was a victim of sexual abuse and trafficking, but her allegation of abuse raised some eyebrows, and when detectives looked into it, Once again, of course, they matched her fingerprints to a now 28 year old Samantha. So that's also, she was now having a 15 year age gap for the scam, which is
1: very hard to pull off, you would think. Drop your skincare routine because 28 to 13 is, I don't know. I don't know what 28 year old is being confused for a 13 year old because (laughs) anyone who's like 22, I'm like, oh, you're 12, joking. Oh, no, right? Also, when I see an actual 12 year old and you're like, you're four.
2: I feel like when I was 28, I was getting mistaken for the father of a 13-year-old. They oh. were like, "You look so old."
1: Like I'm like, "No, I'm still, I'm still young at heart." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I, they're they're like, "She's 13, but she's got crow's feet." But you know, yeah.
2: Who 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 hasn't? We're all tired. Screen time <laughs> ruins the face. Uh, <laughs> she was charged with obtaining a financial advantage by deception and thrown in jail for a year. <laughs> and her mother actually spoke to local media outside city courthouse and said the situation, of course. Was heartbreaking, and she was like growing up. Samantha was a sweet, adventurous, and independent child, and doesn't really know what uh, went down from here, which is kind of all insane. And what gets even crazier after that is that she soon then enters her au pair era. I guess we'll call it. Which au pairing is like such a thing, right? It's such an interesting career because I, I like, I feel it is maybe more common than we think because I hear about it so much. But it's like such a tax bracket thing, I guess. Yeah. Where I'm like I I don't I don't know any au pairs, but it seems like such a fun. I
1: feel like I've known a few. It's like a fun gig when you're 22 years old and That's true. Yeah.
2: And I guess also at certain points it's just another word for nanny. Yeah. So I don't I know but like au pair to me it feels more like live in teaching French and everything like that, but yeah. I don't really know if that is a vibe.
1: Yes, I feel like that's the vibe.
2: Uh, but in June 2018, Thomas Jervis, who was a former pro basketball player on the Perth Wildcats, and his wife, Jazz, are looking for an au pair. They go, of course, God bless SEO, they go onto a website called Au Pairs Australia <laughs> and find a good candidate. I mean, not really much else. to not. You're not going to be pulling up a lot of different sites if there's Au Pair Australia. And they find a 17-year-old named Harper
1: Hernandez. Still using Harper. Now, now she's going uh, multi-ethnicity.
2: Yes. But she's like, you best believe. It. She already has a Harper keychain, I feel like. And she's like, I fucking loved it, though. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: they met her on FaceTime because she's in a different city at the time. And they're like, this checks out. Why we'll are you? Thomas and Jazz hire Harper to move into their home and look after their daughter. She was getting two fifty a week on top of room and board. See, that's
1: what I'm saying. It's a good gig.
2: It's a good gig on top of
1: room and board. That
2: also means food is covered, too. Yeah. Hat and like you know if their they're young. If you gorgeous. like
1: kids, if you get that's, in with like a rich family, it is a move.
2: That's the hard part. I'm not really that young, and I don't. I I don't mind kids, but I want to be good at this.
1: <sighs> no, I'm too old now. I'd be like, I'm shut t- up. I, I, I'd be
2: like, where's your parents? And the parents would be like, no, we hired you to to yeah. to do that. We're like, oh, got it. Yeah. The only red flag was that she didn't want to be in photos. I kind of get, I'm like, why are you taking photos of your au pair also?
1: We had au pairs growing up because my mom had triplets. So we have photos of them.
2: That's, I guess also like family photos would include them and in everything. Yeah. Like
1: that. yeah. Yeah, they that's were true. part of the fam.
2: And I guess also if you're like, no photos, please. It's like, oh. Why?
1: You're kind of like, why? Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, she told the family. That she'd gone to boarding school in Dubai, and her father was a pilot, and her mother was a lawyer in San Francisco.
1: Interesting. Still
2: clinging to the Harper San Francisco elements of this.
1: <laughs> in December 2018, Harper the family. San Francisco mo- is the Carmen San Diego spin-off. Wait,
2: oh my God. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: um, in December 2018, the family moved to Melbourne and Harper came with them. She worked with them in like for a year after that, until December 2019, when Jazz got suspicious of Harper. That's because she flew back to the States over Christmas to visit her family and started posting photos in, like, mansions on yachts and flying in helicopters. So the couple was kind of like, the fuck?
1: So they started trying to research her to find out more about who this Harper is and didn't really come up with anything, which is kind of sketch. In 2018, I think that's – or 2019, that's kind of sketch. Yeah. Then Tom got a message saying that someone was using his wife's name to try to get free stuff. But he kind of brushed it off since he's famous and like, you know, he probably just gets a lot of weird DMs. That's fair. But then his wife started hearing that from people that they saw her daughter with a woman who called herself Marley, who claimed to be married to Tom and was a casting agent.
2: No. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. So they confronted Harper and she had this like wild story that just like did not add up. So they let her go. And then right after that, Jazz's driver's license and iPad disappeared. Shit. So then on July 5th, she got a Facebook message from a random woman asking if she knew someone named Coco, who was apparently claiming to be some kind of talent scout. Okay. And one family claimed that while posing as Coco, Samantha had this couple's daughter, like, physically clean international money. And rehearse like, weird roles, including a girl whose sister had died.
2: I I mean, talent scouts, I think, could be – have interesting, like, roles for people because, you know, Run's Death. But this is a little particular. This is a little peculiar. Yeah. Especially because it's not for a role. It's just to do.
1: Yes. Uh, It was only after they checked hotels that that they had been staying in, I guess, that they realized they were booked under the name Jazz Jervis. So – they contacted her right away. And so Jazz had given Samantha a bank card to use for groceries and like emergencies, which only had like 50 bucks on it, but it had her name on it. And Samantha mm. was apparently using this card as her ID.
2: That's true because you just need – usually you just need two forms of identification with stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So uh, this woman forwarded a video who, and then – Jazz, like, recognized the quote-unquote talent scout as her former au pair. Mm. So then she posted the video to Facebook and got, like, flooded with responses and stories from people who recognized this girl. Samantha apparently told one girl who was 12 that she could get her a part as a voice actor in a Pixar movie. And apparently while Samantha was actually still au pairing for the Jervises in 2019, she met another family. And this was when she claimed to be this talent scout named Marley and she offered to mentor the family's daughter, who wanted to be an actress. Get this for this part for a role in an upcoming production of the hidden camera show Punked. Now, this show. When did this end? Like, that's true. I don't think this show is still on. That's a by a long shot. I'm googling it.
2: Question, but I will say because also don't knock it because you know who got their start on Boiling Porns? Lady Gaga. So <laughs> really? Yeah, she was on an episode of Boiling Points. I I don't oh know God. if it was
1: Punk ended in two thousand and seven. I mean, that is the
2: ultimate Punked auditioning for Punked when it hasn't been on the air for ten years.
1: There was a reboot on Quibi in twenty twenty, hosted by Chance the Rapper.
2: Oh well, there. Well, we that's go. the real scam. <laughs> that oh, we'll get into yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh my God, Quibi. So interesting. Okay, so the family agreed to this though, and Samantha told them that she had this opportunity in Sydney. So she took the daughter with her.
2: Oh gosh.
1: And then the daughter noticed that staff members where they were staying kept calling Marley Samantha. Hmm. And then Marley took her to this like office building and told her that her assignment was to give a woman inside the building a piece of paper. And the paper had a message written on it saying that she could see ghosts from the woman's past. I don't even understand, okay. like, what – Okay. I don't understand anything about this.
2: I mean, I guess if, like, a child came up to me and told me, like, I could, I can see ghosts from your past, I'd be like – or I'd be just terrified, I think. Oh, for sure. I don't know if I'd give money. I would just be like, uh, uh, I'm like, honey,
1: so can I. <laughs> <laughs> also, babe, get in line. It's just weird because I feel like – yeah, I don't, I don't really understand, like, why she's making – or having the kid do this. Yeah. And after this the couple cut ties with Marley, Which obviously. Is
2: is not surprising at yeah. all. But then, of course, in the spring of twenty nineteen, a French couple, Michael and Camille, hire another au pair named Saka. Shortly after she moved in, she asked permission to take the couple's one and four-year-old to a picnic spot, which, I mean, is a sure. fair request. Yeah, go take them on a picnic. That actually sounds very nice and lovely. Uh, the only issue, though, is that this picnic spot was in a city more than 100 kilometers away. And there was no picnic spot. There was no picnic spot. You don't really go to a city to picnic. Of course, everyone's like, Central Park. Okay, sure. Have that. But that's very rare. On the way over, she met up with another young woman and changed her outfit into a schoolgirl outfit, essentially. And then she went into a mental health center, claimed she was a 14 year old who was sexually assaulted by her uncle and was pregnant. The other woman was following them the whole time. And a staff member at the clinic actually did recognize her and called the police.
1: That's actually pretty wild that she got recognized.
2: Really insane. She bolted when the police spotted her, and they ended up being able to see her walking around with the one-year-old in a baby harness on her chest. She tried to hide in a department store, but police caught her. She told them her name was Emily, and she was a schoolgirl and refused to say who the kids were. Very terrifying and insane levels. This is like the first time that I feel like the kids were being more endangered than before, 100%. I guess. 100%. Yeah. Scary. The other girl was a French national who'd responded to an ad on a backpacker's website. And I mean, I literally would love to see what this ad was listed as.
1: I know. I'm just like needed French person to, I don't know, like give me a schoolgirl outfit and then also follow me around and don't ask questions.
2: Truly. Uh, Police learned Samantha had hired that girl to translate so she could communicate with the kids. And I don't know how she made it that far in the all pairing before
1: that. That's actually a good point. How do you, yeah, how are you an open, well, yeah. maybe they wanted her to speak English to the kids. I did this for a while when I was studying abroad. Like oh. I watched these kids after school because the parents wanted me to speak to them in English. Oh. Yeah. To like help them practice their English. Okay.
2: That's cool. You're like, hey. Yeah. How's it going? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So maybe I feel- I don't know. Yeah, okay, that is interesting. Okay. Uh, Samantha, of course, then was fingerprinted and taken into custody. And what is wild is that the couple said up until this point, uh, she was a perfect nanny. And they eventually moved because they felt so unsafe because the story gained international interest. I do not blame I them.
1: mean, yeah, I do not blame them at all. So after this, Samantha's trial began. She was facing numerous charges, including child stealing, which I didn't know was a formal charge.
2: I did not know either. I get it. I get why it is, but yeah. I didn't know. Well, I guess because I'm like, what is child stealing versus kidnapping? That's yeah, what I, I don't was know. just wondering. <laughs> is kidnapping requires a ransom? I don't. I actually don't know. I
1: have no idea. Maybe that's just what they call it. So Samantha's defense told the court that she suffered serious abuse as a child. A forensic psychiatrist, Jacqueline Rockov, who conducted two assessments of Samantha, told the court that she had a personality disorder and a rare condition called pseudologia fantastica which sounds like a Harry Potter spell, but is essentially an extreme type of lying that is internally motivated. And Hmm. she said this differed from other kinds of lying because there's not external motivators like fame or money. Hmm. But I don't really, I mean, look, I don't know about that. I mean, Samantha got some money. She gets room and board. She tried to get free stuff by posing as Tom Jervis's wife. That's true. I mean, I think if you're just motivated for money, there are much less convoluted ways to scam people out of their money. That's there's
2: there's degrees you can get for that actually.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's weird cuz like she did get some money, but it it doesn't really seem like that's the motivating like the primary yeah. motivator. And the doctor said the distinguishing factor in this mental illness is that the lion can have an unconscious drive as opposed to people who lie to acquire things like fame, money, notoriety. She said that was a consistent theme in Ms. Azopardi's presentation in that it always involved the acquisition of basic human rights that don't need an elaborate narrative, housing, shelter, food. Huh. And she told the court she believed Smith's disorder was the result of severe abuse. All right. A 2015 report from a doctor found that two separate males abused Samantha as a child and notes from a session with a uh, mental health professional from 2006 revealed that Samantha suffered severe physical abuse at the hands of her mother. The doctor's report said it's evident from medical records that she suffered a tragic history of extensive and severe physical and emotional abuse. She was diagnosed with major depressive, complex, post-traumatic stress disorder, dissociative conversion disorder, and borderline personality disorder. And Dr. Rakov said that the fact that her cons have no real motive, like we kind of talked about before, is indicative that she's really not well.
2: Yeah, because it's also, she doesn't, it's never trying to actively, like, hurt the people that she is with. Of course, there's consequences that happen with it. It's just like, I feel there's times she doesn't even really know what she's doing with a lot of it.
1: Right, yeah. When I feel like when I was reading this story and the same sort of, when she kind of uses the same story multiple times, I was thinking like, well, was she abused? But just, you know, she's not the age that she says she is. Yeah. I don't know. So the prosecutor said that Samantha knows right from wrong and set out to deceive these families by posing as an au pair. Samantha pleaded guilty. The judge sentenced her to two years in prison. She was eligible for parole and her release would be conditional on getting mental health help. And then her most recent trial was November, 2022. This was her 100th offense where she pleaded guilty to knowingly making a false representation to police that she was a victim of child neglect. And in December, a judge found that her 17 month sentence was too harsh given her complex mental health issues, and the judge agreed and reduced her sentence to three months, so she was out in December 2022.
2: Hmm. But, of course, that's also not all for uh, Samantha. In October 2023, she was arrested yet again on financial fraud charges relating to offenses that allegedly occurred between August 25th and October 9th. This is how she kind of came back in. The news now: On October 10th, she was arrested in Northcote on allegations of deception. The victims and details of the alleged fraud hadn't been revealed at the time of the of the story that I was reading. The story, yeah, that came out. Uh, She was set to appear in Melbourne court in November, but then she ended up withdrawing her bail application after she was hit with an additional 13 charges. And she was supposed to appear virtually in court December 1st, 2023, but we can't really get details on what happened. We don't know if that happened or not or what kind of was going down with it.
1: Wow. I mean, wow. I feel like her getting her 17-month sentence reduced because that was too harsh is – wow. Like that would – it's great that the judge like showed so much – I don't know, care for her mental condition, grace. But I mean, people need to show more grace and leniency for other people with mental health conditions. And I feel like that doesn't happen often.
2: A a, a lot of times they almost will use situations that people are in to pile on more versus- 100%.
1: Being like, oh, your 17-month sentence for your 100th offense it's too harsh.
2: That is very yeah, that is an interesting um roll down with that. And I don't really know what's gonna happen next. I mean, we'll try to see if there's updates for it. But I know I was kind of shocked where it's like it's almost now the leniency starts because for a while. I'm also curious if there's any updates from her mom after because like she was saying she was heartbroken with everything and anything that I could see. It's not like she's really taking any alleged ownership or anything about what kind of went on with everything either.
1: Yeah. Well, she's 34 now and there was this big documentary about her called Con Girl, which is a good... It's on... Oh, it's on Paramount Plus, so...
2: hi. Very insane. A lot of hard levels with all of it. Really craziness too. And I'm just like... The fact that she was like so young going all over everywhere as well. I'm like, like Canada was even involved even at such a young age. It's very... Very captivating, interesting find, Sarah.
1: Yes. It's very interesting because, again, you don't need to have this very sad backstory to be an au pair. Like, you can just be an au pair.
2: Just be an au pair? I mean, honestly, the more and more you explain it to me, I'm like, just to live in another country and get paid to speak English to kids?
1: Yeah, it's a good gig.
2: <laughs> but then the second they're going to be, like, wanting to play, or just, I could do the play for, like, a few minutes. My fuse just, I don't really have patience. <laughs> And my fuse is short and I need a lot of alone time. So I don't know if all pairing I feel is not my forte.
1: Uh, Yeah. At this point, if I'm caring for any kids, they're going to be like my own kids. But I feel like there was a moment in time where I was like, where I could have done that kind of thing. Or I was looking into doing the thing where you go abroad and you teach English.
2: Oh, I always kind of debated doing that. But then
1: but then I got a job. So Not that that's that's not a job, to be clear, but I got a job in the U.S.
2: And also then my English is also, I don't think, good enough. (laughs) <laughs> to do that. They'd be
1: like, you're teaching, where? They're like, who taught you English? I've
2: had amazing English teachers. but and I'm like, it's no fault of them. I just, I, I think my brain has been memified. So I, I think, they, you know what I mean? I, Yeah. Like, I'd be like, so if something's good, you say it's great. No, you say it's giving. And then it really oh would God. just not go well.
1: <laughs> Gen Z English teacher. I mean, I don't know if that'd be more beneficial or not
2: for. You should uh, teach that class to brain.
1: millennials.
2: I think I, I need to teach it and take it. Maybe yes. a double double situation. <laughs> but um, yeah, let us know your guys' thoughts on this case, as always. And also, if you have any ideas for future episodes to do, we have some f- a fun interview coming up, we hope. Knock on wood, not going to go, say it with who, because I don't want it not to happen.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel that every single time. Every mm-hmm.
2: single time. I almost said the name, and I was like, nope, y'all got to find out when it drops. But until then, always let us know anything in the Facebook group, not mm-hmm. in the true crime group.
1: Or you can DM us on Instagram at Not Another True Crime, or hit me up at Sarah Lame. Or me at Cashmere Danny Cashmere the K. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week.
2: Not another true crime podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Picot, Sean Kilby, and Rebecca SosmaCat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at Not Another True Crime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send all of your emails to NATC at Betches.com.